This is a one-woman show today, ladies and gentlemen, and I ain't even mad. My whole face was just cuddles. Yeah. I cuddled a lot of men at one time. Hey, but it's a mentality. Like, I was a fuckboy, and I'm willing to admit it. Have you fucked your whole past <laughs> is the question she's trying to ask. Where do men draw the line? Like, got the breakfast at 12 or there's no... But sometimes I put, like, an emoji next to it to kind of hint at what kind of sex oh it was. Oh, my God. You're... <laughs> okay, but seriously... Episode 40, whatever, mark two. Bussa. <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> uh. So, this is, our second, <laughs> this is our second attempt of recording this episode because we got 20 minutes into the last one and the demon dogs um, wouldn't stop barking. And it was driving me nuts and nothing made sense because we couldn't actually think, fucking thing actually fucking thing and now we've just got them in the bed with us so i'm very sorry in advance but it goes home tomorrow no animals were harmed at this point in time in the making of this podcast however um, it is taking every inch of my self-restraint not to lock them in a cupboard that's all you were gonna do <laughs> actually no different people still bark <laughs> yeah different people Ugh. um yeah so we're going to start this again, which means we're probably going to forget things because we just talked about things and now mm-hmm. we're just like, ah. Well, my brain wasn't quite on the first time. So, look, you're probably going to get a bird, better version of me this time around anyway. What, your brain's changed in the last 45 seconds? I'm a little bit more alert, yes. Why? Because you just listened to me screeching dog. I'm a little bit wound up now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got my mum voice out. It wasn't pretty at all. At all. Anyway, so yes, episode 40-whatever. Hello, everyone. Welcome. 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 To the shitstorm that is OK But Seriously podcast. Uh, we've gotten to the point where we're no longer going to pretend that things are peachy um, because we would like you to have an accurate representation of life. Um, and, yeah, that's where we're at. We want, we want to be the big sister mentors of accurate life, what it looks like, and mm-hmm. what does indeed happen when you have to babysit a chihuahua across Staffy. Um, Which is a very weird mix, mix by the way. Indeed. Um, do you know what doesn't happen when you have to babysit a chihuahua across, across Staffy? Sleep, happiness, sanity, like pick which one? I was just going with the first one, sleep. No, that okay. doesn't happen at all. <gasps> um, no, I said that earlier. It's like children watching them play around and fuck around with each other. I'm like, this is why. You know, every time I see shit like that, my ovaries shrivel up. I told you the thing about... Matt with the um the matching yeah I told you that one. yeah you told me that I was like my ovaries are on fire at the moment not the right way um yes so the dog situation is still just for anyone who listened last week we're coming to a close and I mean he's cute and all but he's I'm not, not I'm not his mum so he doesn't listen to me um and yeah they're just they wind each other up. And it's driving me insane. They can't be left together because they just bark and wind each other up and f- play fight. They can't be separated because they just bark at each other through the window. It's just getting to the point where it's like, I would really use normality again. So thank the Lord. Sorry, Fredo. You're cute, but uh, nah, we're done with your son. And I think you're uh, your main hoe over there, Theodore. Oh, he's so excited to be by himself. And he's so over it. Like, I'm looking at him now. So he's finally got some alone time because Fredo's chilling out on the bed and is leaving him alone. And I'm looking at your dog snuggled up next to his sock that he's been chewing on. Yep. 
and between sleep and awake, but when he's awake, he's staring out into the distance, contemplating his entire existence. <laughs> yeah, that's so. Um, doing the whole. Relate, <laughs> yeah. I can relate entirely to that. Um, doing the whole, what does it mean to be alive? And what is the purpose of all this? <laughs> what did I do so wrong to be put in this situation? Yeah, your poor puppy Who dog's having annoy? an existential crisis over here. Literally, the poor thing. Like, yeah, it's all right. We're going to return to normality soon. We're going to get a new housemate soon. Um, and then How did housemates interview interviews go? Good. Um, turns out choosing a housemate is weird and um, having housemate interviews per se is also strange, particularly when you put my housemate in charge of it um, and she accidentally schedules them at the same time. Oh, so you just had multiple interviewees rock up at the same time. Yes. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Please tell um, me more. No, it was really full on. So we're like – there was because we're not here at the same time ever together. Like none of us are ever here. Um, there was like two hours on Tuesday and two hours on Wednesday, and bless her soul, she's organised um, people to come and she organised them in fifteen minute windows. So then naturally on Tuesday when the first one was five minutes late, the whole system was fucked. <laughs> of course, like that was the first mistake. Yeah, that is was, a rookie mistake. I was like, why do we need to see fifteen people? Like, pick the top three on paper. And if they don't cut it, then maybe go for the next top three. Like, you know, it'll be fine. Did you actually see 15 people? Yes. That's intense, man. Yes. It's like going through resumes. You don't interview every single resume you get. That's what I mean. Um, So now I've established I will never be a HR manager because fuck that. And then I got to the end and I would be the worst HR manager because we got to the end and I was like, I like this one the best. And we narrowed it down to three. I was like, I like this one the best. And... Um, Ella and Chelsea were like, but I feel like we didn't give this one enough of a chance, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, but, like, she's not going to be bad, so, like, what does it matter? Yeah. Like, I just got to the point where I was like, she checks enough of the boxes. Like, we're never going to find the perfect housemate. Without actually getting to know them first. Yeah, like, yeah. you can't – there's no way you can make this decision 100%. So, like, you just kind of need to make it and be happy with it. Like, just take pressure off it. Yeah, so she – well, we still need the real estate approval, but, like, she will move in hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Um, she's American. Ooh. She's – yeah, so it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I'm very excited. So, um, yeah, once that all happens, then financial pressure will be off once we have a fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, this little turd will be gone. Um, Fredo is the little turd. Turd. Yep. Little turd. Um, yeah, everything should be good. I – Got kind of like, without going into too much detail and giving it away, I got um, a promotion, so to say, at work. Ooh. Um, so, yeah, everything is great. Everything's fine and dandy, um, which is really nice. It's nice to kind of be staring down the barrel of everything sort of making sense again. Yeah. Um, you, well, in the... F- First iteration of this episode, we established that you were staring down the bar- barrel of the bottom. <laughs> oh, we're bringing that up again, are we? You're literally like, like you're coming down on the trampoline, and it breaks, and, and you just kind of go <laughs> through it. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know. What I was Have say. you seen? You're coming down on the trampoline. You're gonna hit, and you're gonna go back up. Well, you're if that's the way you want to put it, there yet. You or, just like. Or, you know, like back when you were a 90s kid and the trampolines didn't have the padding around the outside. I'm still a 90s kid, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But, like, back when you were a kid 
and you jump on the trampoline and this is before I had the padding around the edges so it had all the exposed springs. Yeah. What I've done is I've like missed it with one foot and I've just like slid down. Like, you know what I mean? And I've kind of front wedgied <laughs> myself on a set of springs. Is that how you um, perceive first? my life right now? Is that yeah. how you first broke your hymen and um, that kind of stuff? Like when you do... Um, yeah, I lost my virginity to a trampoline. <laughs> Because I got <laughs> fucked by the universe. <laughs> if I'm we're talking so metaphors. I'm so glad I got that on camera. Um, yeah. You've lost your, your stupidity to a trampoline. No, I, do, I don't think that's what you're going to do. I think you're like coming down on a trampoline. You're going to hit the bottom. You're going to bounce back up. And then you're going to like be in the air a bit for a bit. Yeah. Like literally just in the air. Like you don't actually know what's going on. Like limbo. You're in yep. the air. This trampoline metaphor is actually working out for me better than I thought it would. Yeah. You're going to be in the air for a bit and then eventually you're going to have to come back down to earth. Yeah. And that's when you're going to go back to jobs and have a real life again. But for now, like you're just waiting for the and then you're going to go whoop and then you're going to go back up and you're just going to be like, I'm going to live in my own little world for a little bit. Indeed. And, and that's and that the plan. my professional opinion. <laughs> so I've got two things I'd like to say to that. One of the dogs farted. <laughs> yes, they did. Oh my god, that's so bad. It smells like egg. That's so bad. <laughs> what have you been eating? That is bad, man. And that's the one thing that I would like to say to that. <laughs> um, so the two things that I was going to say to Emily's little metaphor there. One of them is like the people that I continue to choose to go back to sleeping with is like putting dishwashing liquid on the trampoline and then bouncing on it, right? With that that whole fuck around the side. Yeah, that whole slippery slope. Anyway, I just wanted to slide that in there. Is the, the trampoline now like in the base of a valley with two cliffs beside you? So the the slipperiness of the um, of the dishwashing liquid means like one wrong step and you're just going to go projectile into the side of a cliff. That would solve very many of my problems. That's dramatic. Don't be silly. <laughs> into the side. No, not off a cliff. Into the side of the cliff is a bit different. Um, no, yeah. into the side of the cliff. Yeah, that's fine. That would solve a few problems. That's traumatic. That's not dramatic. Anyway, my other one was, what was my other metaphor? No, it wasn't even a metaphor. So with this whole airy fairy up in the air thing right now, yeah, I'm very excited just to take a step back. And I know we've said this on the podcast before, but it is, it honestly is. It's a little period. And I said this to my mum today. We're on the phone in the car and I'm like, she's like, yep. And eventually, you know, you'll get back into your full-time job and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Amy. <laughs> You remember back when I wanted to be a lawyer and you're all super excited for me back in high school and you're like, yeah, my daughter's going to be a lawyer because she's so smart. Here we are. Struggling actor. Quit my full-time job. Fuck security. I will not be a lawyer. <laughs> I will not be a lawyer. Too many brain problems to go ahead and try and do long-term things. Um, also, or anything that doesn't make me happy. That getting back to a full-time job is a goal. Like not at all. It's not actually. The goal is to not have to work full time. No. And I said to my mum today and I'm like, I'm so excited because security and financial security for me is horrible. And she's like, well, no, that's kind of the goal. And I'm like, yeah, I get that it's the goal. But when it's not what you want to be doing and you're doing something you don't want to be doing for the sake of financial security. It's not worth it. It's life draining. And that's how people end up. Not that there's anything wrong with desk jobs. We can't knock desk jobs because people love it people strive for it like that's some people's goal you know what I mean but it's the kind of thing that's like for me personally but it's not my goal exactly it's it's not my goal goal. and spending 45 hours a week at a desk job 
for the sake of financial security is horrible. Yeah. I'm like, I will not give – what did I say to my mum? I was like, I will never fall into the traps of capitalism again, mm. ever. I'm done. I'm done with this shit. I'm done for working for other people's dreams and goals and aspirations and working for companies in general. It's like, why am I giving 45 hours of my life every week, if not more, else. Because to someone else and someone else's dream for an hourly wage? Because you don't know how to back yourself. Segway. Segway. <laughs> Amazing segue. So, Emily, no, it continue. Is, it's straight up because you don't know how to back yourself. So I've been I've been having like pep talks Size. with people. <laughs> huh? Size. It's, no, it's only because it frustrates me. So, like, it frustrates me that I know that – I have issue like some issues in this department, but it frustrates me that I can think about it way more rationally than other people. And what frustrates me is not that they can't can't think about it rationally; it's that I feel so sorry for them that they can't. Like I'm like, I wish that everyone could rationalize this, and I wish that this wasn't so debilitating for some people because if you do just back yourself and make decisions like Matt and I's thing of like riding the bus together to the Tesla dealership like we have both put everything on the line at one time or another me at the moment I'm a little bit more secure in the sense that I've got like I've got a pathway in a secure job as well as a few things on the side Mm -hmm. but if you put everything on the line so you have nothing nothing else to do but to succeed, you're either going to lift and back yourself and value yourself or you're going to have run into that many self-esteem issues in terms of like not being able to back yourself and being like, but I'm not worth it, but I'm not this, but my skills aren't good enough, blah, 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 that you're going to completely crash and burn. And it like it breaks my heart that – the second option is an option because I get to the point where I'm like, I have no point. I have no choice. I have to. And like, I wish that other people would be able to kind of just go, well, how do we make this work? And then how do we value ourselves? You remember when we spoke to Ross, the finance guy, Mm -hmm. and he said to me that I, well, he said to both of us that we were charging too little for our skills. Yep. So now I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, I am, for my skill, I am worth X amount of dollars. And if someone is not willing to pay that, that is a them problem, yeah. not a me problem. There is people out there who will value my skill mm-hmm. and be willing to pay the amount of money that I value myself at. And probably then some. They'll probably pay more. But I just need to back myself so hard that that is what I believe yeah. that I am worth. And, and you'll not settle for anything less. Not settle for anything else because the minute you budge one, you end up budging them all. <clears throat> yeah. And all of a sudden you start, for argument's sake, let's say we start at $100. I'm worth $100 an hour, hypothetically. The minute you budge that down to 95 then everyone's 95 an hour. Yeah. Then you budget again. All of a sudden you're at 50 bucks an hour and you're like, hang on a second. This is not what I'm working twice as hard for half the reward, the reward. And then if you're kind of progressive in an industry, you end up undervaluing an entire industry. Yeah. Because you've changed, you've undervalued yourself to get work 
but it's not the kind of work you want. It's just mass production, really. Yeah. Like, it's just you get mass work, but it's not necessarily good work. Like, it's not jobs you want to be doing or it's, you know, people who are not that committed to putting the time and money and effort into the work that you're doing and that sort of stuff. So it kind of gets to this weird like crossroads where you just got to back yourself and just I the way I see it is you if you think if you're too expensive like if across the market you want to be in the higher end of the market, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of your skill. Because if you're in the lower end of the market, like if you go on Fiverr, yeah, and there's someone selling graphic design skills for seven dollars. You're like, hm, they're probably using like word art. I could do it myself, kind of thing. You kind of comically laugh at the fact that that's like in your head. You're like, that's not enough for that, so it must be shit. Yeah. Whereas you want it, so you want to be in the top half of it. But then if you're in the top, but there's people who are still below you who are kind of equal caliber. You just need to find ways to add value to your service. And it's funny. So I've always kind of had this perceived idea of when you look at that from a marketing perspective. So say you're marketing yourself, right? Because you are the product. Augmented value, by the way, from a marketing perspective. There you go. I don't know. I never studied marketing. Learn something new every day. But um, brands like – so I used to work in computers and we used to sell brands, including Apple and stuff like that. And Apple – has always been up there, right? It's always kind of your top brand and it's always your perceived to be most premium product. Premium product. Yeah. And it's beca- and a, a big marketing strategy behind that is because they never go on sale. Yep. And if they do, the max you'll ever get is 10%, whether it be staff or occasional sales, et cetera, et cetera, it was 10%. And the max you'd ever get on Apple is 10%. You look at other brands that have 50% off sales and you're, you're valuing them less because of that perceived position that they're putting themselves in like for glasshouse candles for instance never go on sale i've never seen a glasshouse candle on sale yet it's the only candle i buy and i will still pay 54 dollars a candle but that's it like glass that glasshouse candles is actually a good example of it because Mm -hmm. i don't really buy candles like if i was to buy a candle it would be like walking through a market and you know oh that's cool kind of thing yeah it wouldn't be i'm not going out and buying candles however I, in my head, perceive glasshouse candles as the best candle. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's bloody soy wax in a jar. And like, people will pay the money for it. They're all the same. It. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're all the fucking same. But glasshouse have put themselves in that position where they've, they've put themselves at the top. So people will pay because they it is perceived as a premium product. Mm-hmm. Cars, much the same. Volkswagen and Audi, they're the same fucking car. But a Volkswagen is perceived as a, like, regular economy-level car, for example. A Audi is perceived as a luxury car. You will pay the extra money for the status, yeah. essentially. And that's what I mean by adding extra value. So whether that extra value is something as simple as being pleasant to deal with. Yeah. Like, if you're offering a service, being pleasant to deal with is going to add extra value. People are going to pay more to have you as, a, as the person they deal with because they know you are pleasant, word of mouth, that kind of stuff. Or something, our real estate agent sent us a postcard the other day that just said, hi, girls, hope you're settling in really well um, with two $1 scratchies. 
if I was to sell my house in the future, you can bet your ass I'm going to go and find her. Yeah. Bet your ass because she has been so pleasant to deal with and that little, tiny little attention to detail, that would have cost her like what, a dollar twenty, tops? Like, yeah. Oh, no, $2.20. Yeah, so a yeah, dollar yeah. for each of the things and then 20 cents for, to mass produce the postcards. Like they cost her p- piss all. But it made our day. Yeah. And it made and it, it made us her in a memorable. Position. Yeah, it put it, it made her memorable. So if you, this is what I mean by backing yourself. All you got to do is set that price, and if someone's not willing to pay that price, you come at them with, it's a premium product. I understand it, it is expensive, but it just means you're going to get the value. Yeah. How can I offer you value, in order to make you feel as though that is an that is an accurate price, and, you know, it may be something simple like. You might find if you're – again, if you're offering a service, you might find that over the course of, you know, a couple of, ye- a couple of years, a couple of whatever whatever it is, that maybe a simple meeting before you do the actual thing, um, the actual job, a meeting at a coffee shop and you get the round, like you get the coffee. costs you $15. So you could, for example, have your cost for your job be $100, $200 more mm-hmm. than anyone else's. That little $15 thing that you do and, you know, the, the meeting that you'd have anyway could get you those clients that continue to get you that return. Yeah. I'm not saying this is a, a do or die tried, tried and tested fact. But it makes but sense But it works. And it works. Yeah. And it really works. Like, for instance, um, same field, different calibre, but my hairdresser, who I just walked into off the street one day um, – because they were the only one that could get me and it's like the hairdo I've got at the moment, to dye my hair back brown, get a haircut and bleach the front parts, Corella DeVille style, cost me $1,000. Sorry? $1,000. Is that one with three zeros after it? Yeah. To dye my hair dark again, not do a full bleach job. That's what it would cost me to go blonde if I wanted to just go full blonde. But you still did it? I still did it. And you want to know why I did it? Why? Because their customer service was through the fucking roof. Yeah. You sat down, you got a hand towel, you got teas. There was like cupcakes. You could like pick a drink from the list. There was like complimentary drinks, which included alcohol and spritzes and teas and, and anything you wanted. And I went back again and again, and I still did it because it was the experience. Yeah. Well, that's it. And like a hairdresser again is a good example is it's like, at the end of the day, getting your hair done is a thing, right? You just you do it's it. It's a vibe but as well. It can also become like a therapy session. Yeah. If you if you can go and get your hair done and pay a little bit extra and have it also be a relaxation kind of like mental headspace kind of nice vibe, you're going to do it. You're yeah. going to sp- spend the extra money. And it's where you just like find these extra little touches that you can at the end of the day don't cost that much to actually do for the company or for the sole trader or whatever and just is a tiny little attention to detail that will put you in that position where that price that you value yourself at is no longer astronomical Mm. because the right clients who have the money to pay for it are going to choose you over the other people because they're going to get that service. Yeah. And then even then on top of that, if you're just starting out and not f- 
feeling as though you've got enough experience to kind of set yourself at the highest. Like, I think I think it's the dumbest thing ever that I don't and I do and I don't. So, you, like, obviously you got to get your reps in, right, before mm-hmm. you're doing something. But I, I hate the fact that if you can fall into the trap of undervaluing yourself at the yep. start and you stay there. Yeah. So God, yeah. what I what I would recommend, and again, I'm I'm literally just a person having an opinion, but what I would think is is more beneficial is valuing yourself high, approaching a company, say, well, prime example of this is a photography situation. So you're a photographer, you know you're good at your work, but you don't have the clients on book. So you approach a company and you say, look, this is my ideas for what I think you should do. Like this is what I think we could do with your company. This is my rate. How about we book a we book a shoot? I take the photos. If you're not happy with the photos, no love lost. You don't pay. I keep the photos. We're all good. Yeah. If you are happy with the photos, like that's the rate, and then we can work together again in the future. That kind of thing. Offering your service with a get out of jail free clause when you're just starting out. I think is so much better than discounting your service or just doing favors for people. God, yeah. Because at least then you're getting actual opportunity to make to turn those things into jobs, sales, and active and sales, roles, and, yeah. you know. And you're getting jobs that you're passionate about. Again, you're getting jobs that are actually in line with what you want to be doing. Rather than just favors for Joe Bloggs down the road who wants you to take a photo of his cat to put on a missing cat photo poster one day. Like, you know, it moves it from less productive reps, so to say, like if we're using the phrase get your reps in, yeah. less productive reps into tangible reps that actually prove a point. Like at the end of the day, I have so much experience as a sports reporter, blah, 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 this, that, the other, like podcast, all that kind of shit. I have so much experience there, but it doesn't count because it's yeah. not like it's all just like off the fly stuff. Like it's not tangible. Like no, I don't have any like paid jobs where I've actually been able to showcase or I've got one one paid job where I've actually been able to showcase my talent and my skill in the right field and in the capacity that I would want to. Everything else is just like we Love do the job. podcast because we want to. Yeah, I do a radio show which is actually starting to move into something that's like actually a genuine representation of my work. And that, that well, there you go. That's it. The genuine representation of your work is what you need to find. And that's I think I just I don't know. I just think it's something that. People don't value themselves enough and particularly creatives and sole traders and small yeah. businesses. Just you just don't value yourself enough and it's to your own detriment. Well, of course, because if you're valuing yourself for less for the sake of getting sales and for the sake of money, like if you, again, it's that whole working too much for too little reward. Yeah, exactly. Right, and underselling yourself for things that you don't necessarily want to do. It's if you are underselling yourself consistently and you set that standard, as you said before, then it's very hard to kind of break through that ceiling yeah. that you create for yourself. Exactly. And you can't go back from that. Say And say you do a 50% discount, like you go 50% lower than what you had originally planned. 
You have to work twice as much. So you could you could wait it out, suffer it out, and wait for five clients at your full rate, or you could take on ten clients at your half rate. Yeah. And let's just say, for argument's sake, you put in five hours to each client, like five hours work, but it's good work because you're going to be doing the same level of work regardless, right? Yeah. So you put five hours of work into each client. At your full rate, you do five, five hours with five clients, so you get 25 hours work a week. At your full rate, to get the same amount of money at half of that rate, you have to put five hours into 10 clients. Now you're in the 50-hour-a-week department. Just because you're undervaluing yourself. Because you're still going to do the same work regardless. It's just patience yeah. and trusting the process and backing yourself and being like, no, this is what I'm worth. This is how good I am. And having the self-confidence to say that. And I wish I could teach that. Like I wish I could literally just shake people and be like, just trust it. Just trust You are good at what you do. Just trust it. Because – the opportunities will come. You may have to create them for yourself to a degree, but create the right ones. Don't settle for the wrong ones. Create the right opportunities. I don't know. I'm just going to rant on this forever. No, I like this rant. I like this rant a lot. And it's, it's funny. You should talk about backing yourself into a corner um, and kind of giving yourself no option to succeed. And I think we spoke about this last week on the podcast because I just... Burn the motherfucking boats. Burn the motherfucking boats. But it's not just... It is just that. It is just that in a whole because what I'm doing, and again, I think we spoke about this in the podcast last week. Um, I think we meant to and I don't think we <laughs> Maybe we didn't. <laughs> but when I leave my full-time job, I don't plan on working enough to actually get me by. Yeah. And that is scary. Like the idea that my first, my last day as a full-time employee was today. Yeah. I've all, I have debt. I'm in a standard. I've set a standard where I make a certain amount of money a week and I live by that and I work with that. And I still am living paycheck to paycheck, unfortunately. It's just how it is. We've gone through a bit of a splurge. I've, I've, I'm on, yeah, anyway. Anyway, I have a lot of new things. <laughs> so. She's treating herself. <laughs> treat yourself. But, um, but no, and to go from that kind of lifestyle where I am comfortable, but I'm comfortable at the sake of my happiness and my sanity and working in a job that wasn't going to advance my career or pursue anything, to go, okay, well, now I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to make just enough money to feed myself every through week. Through traditional means. Through, like, through Dracula's. So I'm going to go back to Dracula's yeah, on no, the weekend. No, but I mean, like, through, through like, employment. Like, yeah. through actually being employed by someone. Because now you have the opportunity that you can start to utilise your skills and you can make money off them. Indeed. Yeah, so you're going to make just enough money through traditional means. Yeah. So you back yourself in so hard that you have to find a way to make money off your skills. Exactly. Exactly. It's like I'm giving myself no choice to succeed. And I don't – I've never felt this kind of fear before because I've always – whenever I – Is I've, it laced with empowerment though? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like it's 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 laced, it's laced with yeah. I'm about to succeed. Yeah. Because I'm giving myself no option but to succeed. It's the idea that like – um. You know, every time I'd come back from overseas or I'd come back from travelling and I didn't have a job to come back to, I'd go, oh, I'll just get back into hospo because I know I'm good at it. I know I can be hired in five and a half seconds. It's only because it's all over your resume. Like, exactly. it's so annoying. Like, I could be hired in hospo in five and a half seconds too because it's all over my resume. I couldn't be hired in any other thing in five and a half seconds because I've never done it. It Well, exactly, and that's what I mean. It's like I've always fallen back into that pattern yeah. of this isn't what I want to do, but it's easy. Yeah, and falling into easy and falling into consistency and falling into stuff just because you're comfortable with it 
is the worst thing you could do. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I like moving into this house, like this house is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But a big thing about moving into this house was actually so I'd put myself in an awkward financial position. Yeah. Oh, I'm terrified. Because like I've gone to normal people rent. Like I used to have a cruisy sweet situation in my old house. Like, And now I've gone to normal people rent where, you know, if I don't work, I've always been one to like make sure I'm at break even or above kind of thing. But now I'm having to get creative and I'm having to think about the fact that, okay, I'm relying on someone doing my roster to give me enough hours. It's coming into a, a lull period kind of thing in my new job hours aren't as you know readily available as they have been I still I'm still getting enough to survive but in order to have that extra cushion I have to start thinking creatively I have to and by creatively I mean I have to start actually doing the shit that I want to do yeah and actually putting the time and effort into that and at the moment I'm I I'm literally waiting out the uni semester because I know I can't put the right amount of time and effort into it until I finish the uni semester because but it's I'm a piece of shit. It's stuff that you want to do, but it's also stuff that, yes, it's hard to start with, but it's stuff that will help you a lot more in the long run and will give you a lot more financial freedom in the long run. Yeah, and that's it, like riding the bus to the Tesla dealership. Yeah. Like we're taking hits now and backing ourselves now and investing in ourselves now. Like I'm and by ourselves, I mean like me, you, Matt, um, even my housemates to a degree, they're slightly more scared about it. Um, but, <laughs> you know, we're taking those hits now for the like the privilege of being able to make the moves to in the future. grow a bit of a future. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise you end up just being stuck. Like, like I say, there's progression in my current job. I, there is 100% progression. I could have a career in the job that I'm in now. But it's not where the crux of my passion lies. I can see it I can see it there for a couple of years, like kind of thing, as like I do that part-time while I do other stuff part-time. But I think at the end of the day, like it's going to come to a point where that's like my job is my feel like my feel good outlet at the moment. It's also the money maker. Yeah. But eventually because because the other stuff has like the stress associated with it with like the kind of I don't know if it's ever going to happen sort of stuff but it's going to get to a point where it's going to be like everything that happens in my career and the things like fulfillment that I want and all that kind of stuff and financials and all that kind of stuff I will be able to get from my skills, my talents, my passions, my projects that I want to work on, those sorts of things. I'll be able to get it all there eventually. Mm-hmm. So I won't actually need that little supplement yep. anymore. Like it's because it will get to a point where it'll be a little supplement, but I won't need it because I'll be so like I've, I've done so much work now to make sure that that becomes the best possible outcome for me that it can be. Yeah. And it's like your little bit of stability to help you grow. Yeah, a little bit. And it's like, it's hard to kind of sit here and be like, just trust yourself, blah, blah, blah. Because I, I, know, I know I'm not actually doing it right now. Like I've got so many ideas and I'm not actually doing any of them. Purely because my 3,000 word marketing assignment that's due in a week hasn't even been started. But 
I'm almost pep talking myself on a daily yeah. basis yeah. in the sense that I just need to start doing it because at the end of the day and more and more each day, I find people needing my skills and needing my services and me not being prepared enough to be able to help them. And to put yourself out there and to go, yes, I can do this for you and this is what I'm worth. And it's and it's little things like I'd really love to be able to help people like this this entire conversation that we're having, I'd really like to be able to help people get to the point that I'm at. Like self-confidence comes naturally to me. Mm-hmm. I have never struggled with body dysmorphia or anything like that. I've never struggled with, anything, with speaking in front of a crowd. I know I'm an outlier, but I also know I've done a lot of work to figure out what the little triggers are that I like the processes that I go through in order to make that ha- like access that. So I'd really love to be able to help people. Yeah, I'd really love to be able to help people be able to access those sorts of skills because everyone's got the ability if they want to to be able to be good at these things. And obviously, in terms of like body dysmorphia and self confidence and stuff, there's a little bit of a mindset to play there. But I'd really love to be able to help people with that stuff and I've had like this conversation with my housemates in the last couple of days and with my sister and with Matt and with like all sorts of people even at work and stuff like that where I'll just say something and they'll be like huh light bulb moment yeah and I'm like it just comes naturally to me but I can identify like I can identify the work that I'm putting in that I don't even know that I'm putting in, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the subconscious work. Like a tiny like tiny little example. Public speaking. I think the best thing to learn how to do in order to be better at public speaking is improv acting. Fuck yeah. Improv acting mm-hmm. is the key to public speaking. Because if you can get break through that block in your head of what if it goes wrong. Or being in front of other people or being embarrassed and I don't even no, I don't even think, think it's that. I think the primary reason people get weird about public speaking is not the best case scenario. It's the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. So what if it goes wrong? What am I gonna do? And if you can ha- develop your skills in improv acting where you where let it go wrong? You let it go wrong yeah. and you just roll with it. Do you know how often my trivias go wrong? Every fucking time. All of them, Uh every single one of them has gone wrong to date, has gone wrong in one way or another. But because I'm comfortable in that wrong, like I'm comfortable sitting in it and just going, sick, all right, how do we fix this problem? Like it makes, it reduces that anxiety. And if I can teach that to people, yeah, like I would be stoked, absolutely stoked because – It just upsets me so much that these anxieties around these things, Mm -hmm. around like business success and public speaking and self-confidence are so debilitating for people that it stops them from following their dreams. It stops them from doing day-to-day things. It stops them from progressing in their businesses and progressing in their dreams and their passions and that kind of stuff. I just wish I could kind of, yeah, literally shake them all and be like, it's going to be okay. Like, you know, slightly aggressive, but if I just... 
you're not going to slip off the trampoline and go catapulting into the Literally. side of a cliff. Like how of, how many times have I pretty much grabbed you and gone, will you stop being crazy? Like, well, like just do the thing. Yeah, stop, <laughs> stop talking yourself out of this. Like you, you read Atomic Habits, like the, the concept of limiting beliefs. Like yeah. it's restrictions that you impose on yourself to stop yourself subconsciously from letting yourself be the best you can be. I wish I could just like just punch everyone's limiting beliefs. I have them. I'm not going to pretend for a second that I don't have them because I do. I just have someone else punching mine. Like mm-hmm. Matt's punching mine on a daily basis and I'm punching his. I wish I could just walk around. Like I, I wish it was like The Sims and everyone had their limiting beliefs above their head and I could just go, that's stupid, and punch it. Yeah. Because it's stupid. The whole thing is stupid. They – we self-impose these restrictions and stop ourselves doing the things that we could be doing. Like, let's just all be fucking great and get over get over it. Like, nobody gives a fuck what you're doing. If they do, they're an asshole, so we don't care anyway. Like, I don't know what else to say. No, keep going. <laughs> like, you've you've been solidly talking for like twenty minutes, and I'm in this now. <laughs> don't stop is, is this now me just like giving a pep talk this is a one woman show today ladies and gentlemen <laughs> and I ain't even mad I'm like I haven't seen you this worked up about stuff like this in a while no but it well it's just because I can see it on a daily basis like I can I can see people who are stopping themselves from being the best version of themselves like I can see that they're capable of it like every day I can see like part of my job now is coming in contact with a lot of people who have passions and dreams and stuff and they've got like this tiny little thing that's stopping them doing that doing it and I'm like well why don't you learn how to do that yeah like just learn how to do it or teach yourself how to do it or stop putting yourself down or you know just trust yourself and then all you see things like but what if it goes wrong and I'm like so what if it goes right? See, my limiting belief isn't what if it goes wrong. I've got this bad habit of never following through with stuff and I think it's because I, I don't doubt that it will be successful, but I, and I get this from my mum, but I care a little bit too much about what other people think about me. Yeah. But- and the people that it shouldn't matter, like I'm talking people from high school. I'm yeah. talking literally anyone that I actually don't give two shits about. There's like four people in my life I actually care about. You're one of them. Oh, cool. Okay, maybe there's like five. I was going to say, because I'm usually the one that turns around. I'm like, Steph, stop being a fuckwit. Stop being a fuckwit. Yeah, you know, and it's it's one of those things where I'm like, my limiting belief is that I'm not going to follow through with it because I, I will eventually get insecure about what I'm doing, even though I'm not insecure to begin with, mm. even though I'm actually fully backing myself and then yeah. go, oh, but I know me. See, I, I'm a little bit like that too. I'm a little bit like that. That's like, there's that little fear about what if it goes right? Mm. Like I, I'm like that where I don't think I'll full send on. I think there's a few things that I haven't full, fully sent. I think this podcast is one of them that I haven't fully sent. Because you're not ready for it to go I'm right. Because I'm like, oh, well, well, what the fuck do I do if it goes right? Like I'm not entirely like ready. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not ready to step up to the plate when my shit goes right. Yeah, that's it. But Emotionally kind of thing, you know. But that's stupid. <laughs> I, get, I get that. No, but I'm telling you, I'm that. saying about both of us, like it's ridiculous because it's like you just got to 
lean in. But do you, you reckon just it's, lean into it? It's like you're you're comfortable with the idea of being uncomfortable, but the idea of permanently being put in a situation that isn't your current situation. You know what I mean? Like if it does go right and your entire yeah, life changes. See, leaving hospitality was big for me for dealing with that. Yeah. Because I just had it in my head that I was always going to end up back in hospitality. Yeah. And now that I'm out, I could not think of anything worse. But I also see the opportunities. I yeah. also see the fact that hospo and you come back to me in a couple of weeks when you've been out for a little bit. Hospo <laughs> is so debilitating yeah. because it is you are surrounded by people who are negative because they have let their dreams go to die. Like hospo is where dreams and passions go to die, literally. There's the combination of the young ones who's still kind of vibrant and stuff and they're at uni and whatever. Everyone else, it's just their dreams have gone to die. There's about five people in the entire world who are hospo people and I'm pretty sure they're all Italian. The rest of them, nah. They're lying to you. If they're telling you they're a hospital person, they're lying to you. They had a dream, it died. Now they're here. Like that's what's happened. Yeah. And it's you're in that environment where you almost feel guilty for having a dream. Oh, yeah. For following that dream. But now that I'm in an environment where, you know, you have a conversation with like a bunch of people that I work with are listening to this podcast because they think it's fucking awesome that I have a podcast and I just backed myself for a second and they're like, how many listens does it get? And I'm like, oh, not as many as we'd like. Like it's kind of dropped off recently and that kind of stuff. And they're like, and you're doing it. Like mm-hmm. how cool is that? Mm-hmm. that? You're actually doing it. So it's gotten to this point now where it's like I start telling people about my ideas and they no longer look at me with that look. Yeah. You know that look you get when yeah. you start telling people about those ideas and they're like, yeah, but what if it goes wrong? Like, what if it doesn't work? Dude. Whereas now I'm getting the ideas of like, that, getting the looks of like, that's sick. What can I do to help? Yeah. You know, like, or oh, that's cool. I know this person or oh, that's cool. I know like do this thing. Like this is where I would put you. Like I had a conversation today about it with a girl who wants to start a podcast. And I was like, she was like, what equipment do you use? And I was like, I've got all the equipment. If you want a hand, just let me know. I'll help you out. I can tell you all the things not to do. I can tell you like how we got started, that sort of stuff. And then we got started talking about her stuff and my stuff and how we can help each other. And this was literally just between conversations at work. And I was like, whoa, God, yeah. I no longer care about what people think because people, the right people have started responding. And this is where it comes back to like, you care about what people think. But if people think the wrong thing, that's their problem. Yeah. They're the asshole. Like it's either coming from insecurity or it's coming from, you know, a their own limiting belief that we shouldn't be allowed to think crazy outside of the box things because they don't believe they can think crazy outside the box things i always used to say to my mom that other people's opinions of you is none of your business yes you know you've said that on the podcast yeah um i might actually write that on the fridge we've been writing quotes on our fridge in whiteboard marker i'm gonna add that one to the fridge Mm -hmm. because i think my my girls could really benefit from that um but yeah no it's entirely true it's well same as the intimidating intimidated thing like am i intimidating or are you intimidated like I had you can't piss on my success mm-hmm. and I can't hold back my success out of fear of out of fear of your judgment. Yeah. Which is coming from insecurity. That's not fair on me. Mm-hmm. This is actually none of my business. It's not my problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's something to work through. I'm not there yet. But I like I have 
the tangible skill in my head to be able to explain it. Well, haven't been able to put it into practice yet. <laughs> this is why I'm excited for this next little period because I'm one of those people that I will only extremely succeed if I'm under an, in, an extreme amount of pressure. That's because you're a diamond, baby. Diamonds are made under pressure. And I always <laughs> used to say that when it would come to my university assignments, my school assignments, and I'm a last minute person. And I don't mean last minute as in the week before. I mean last minute as in the day of. I have a 3,000 word assignment due next Monday. See, and that's stuff like that. You know, I, I was- not even finished the content. I wouldn't even watch the content. <laughs> I just wing it. And I still did really well at uni. So you'd be surprised. There's a brain up in here. I've got the brain scans to prove it. All right. Um, There's a brain and a little extra too. A little extra. It's my little space invader. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're laughing pew, about pew, pew. again. <laughs> Normalize. Anyway, um, no. And, and that's what I'm excited for for this next little period. Like if I just do my Friday and Saturday nights at Dracula's, it will take me two weeks to make one week worth of rent if I don't spend a single penny elsewhere, if I just do those two nights of work. So mm -hmm. that hurts me so mm -hmm. much. So I have to make it work. Have to make it work. I've paid three months up front in rent, so I don't have that big expenditure to worry about for another two and a half months. Yeah. And if I don't have my shit together in two and a half months, I've already said I'm not going to go back to hospital. And I'm not going to fall back into a job just because it's comfortable. And I'm not going to take a job just because I need money. It's I have two and a half months to make it work or I'm getting kicked out of my place. And then I will not be able to get another place because I will have been kicked out of the previous place. Yeah. Like the pressure on me right now, it's I've never like been. You succeed or you're, you're going home to, to Adelaide. Yeah. Pretty much. I have never been more terrified of my upcoming financial situation than I am as of 5 p.m. today when I left work. And um, at 5.35 today when you first spoke to me, um, you were talking about buying a $2,500 computer. I was, yes. And and then I questioned if it was a want or a need. <laughs> yes. Or whether you're not quite happy with the level of pressure that is being put on you just yet. Yeah, exactly. But I'm also... Two tons, not too much. I must need 2.5. Must need 2.5. 2.5 tons of pressure. Indeed. I'm going through a little bit of a spending problem at the moment. Maybe I'm just spending it while I've got it. I bought cryptocurrency and it tanked. So like, look, we're, we're all there. Fair. It doubled and then it dropped. I actually had a girlfriend today. We were talking about the financial upcoming financial situation that I'm in. Yeah. And because I usually have a decent amount of money in savings, except I just spent it all on rent. And she's like, okay, so how much do you have tucked away? Like nothing. She's like, what do you mean? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, Nada. None of the Gone. things. That, that is it. Um, and that kind of shocked her because I'm not usually that person. No, nah, neither like, am I. I. Like, well, we've talked about this before. I'm in the worst financial position I've ever been in. Mm -hmm. Me too. In, with, with the best job yep. I've ever had, I'm in the worst financial position. Mm -hmm. Fucking bloody oath. Look at us go. Look at us go. <laughs> I've, no, like we've both literally dug ourselves into a hole. And now the only way to get out is to build the fucking ladder. Is to okay. That wasn't where I was going with it, but okay. We watched the internship. Well, we watched the start of the internship last night. Oh, was to be a little ant and jump. They're like, what? What would you do if you got if you got shrunk and put into a blender? So that's where I went with that. Just like, jump I'm just out. Jump out. I just got to find a way to get out of that hole. No, I'm you're just building a ladder, so you're already a step ahead of me. You've already decided it's a ladder. I was jumping off the edges. No, I'm building a ladder. I'm building my own ladder. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be paid $24 now to build that ladder. No, but like 
you just need to back yourself. Yeah. You just need to go decide what it is that you're going to do and go after it 100% full send. Like there is no 50%ing this. There is no 95%ing this. There is – you want to write a novel? Okay, you're writing that fucking novel – and then you get to the end of that novel and you're like, but how do I publish it? You're going to stick it on every publisher's desk in the universe and if that doesn't work, you're going to self-publish that shit because you have no choice. Mm-hmm. And why should anyone be able to tell you that you do not deserve to be able to do that? I don't mean to bore the brain cancer car, but no one can tell me not to do anything at the moment. No, but this is what I mean. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm I'm full tilt backing myself because I'm like, I feel like no one is at in a position to actually be telling me what to do right now. But it shouldn't have taken brain cancer to make that happen. You shouldn't need to have a potentially, you know... Life-threatening thing, go on. ...illness to back yourself. But this what is if, what... What if, you know, you... But you are... You are one... Probably one of the people that has made me feel this way in terms of things. Have I ever spoken to you about how I feel like I owe it to people... For me to completely full send my life. Not really. So Matt started working with autistic kids. You have brain cancer. You know, there's that many people out there that are disadvantaged. I have been lucky enough to have been blessed with a completely able body and a completely able mind. I would be doing them 100% of a disservice to not hit every goal, hit every dream, hit everything 100%. God, yeah. You know, it is my responsibility to make sure that I live my life to the fullest potential that I can because some people can't and they would kill for that. Mm -hmm. And that is where I think my driving force, like obviously I'm seeing it a lot because I'm privy to a lot of like like disfortunate, what's the word? Disadvantage. Disadvantage, unfortunate. Situations, like, you know. It's not every day that your best friend gets brain cancer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just call me your best friend. You know who you are, aren't you? I don't know, am I? (laughs) (laughs) You know, but like, it's not every. Well, actually, you've got to fight with Matt for that title. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Matt's the boyfriend. That's different. He can't have two titles anyway. Um, But, you know, it's not every day that that happens, and it kind of is a reality check. It's Mm. like. If I sit on my ass every day and watch TV and whinge and complain and, you know, let my life go down the gurgler, you should be pissed at me. You 100% should be furious. If I spend any time not living my life to its potential, and okay, yes, you need to relax, yes, you need self-care, yes, all that kind of stuff. But if I spend any time feeling sorry for myself, everyone's got problems, sure. If I feel spend any time feeling sorry for myself and not living to my full potential or just being lazy, you and every other disadvantaged person on this planet has every right to hate me. Every right. Because I have the privilege mm-hmm. of being completely able-bodied, able-minded, everything. I have the passion. I have the drive. I have all of these things. So if I don't do them, I'm an asshole. So if it, okay, if you ever see me not following my passions, you get to yell at me. That's permission. rub my illness in your face. Literally, be like, "Do you have brain cancer? No, shut the fuck up. Go and do your work." 
Literally, no, do it because no, yeah, I fucking will. I believe it. it. But because I think it's it's like it's it's like that kind of like I have all these skills. I should be teaching them to other people or utilizing them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what's the point of fucking having them? I've been lucky enough to get them. It's just wasted. You know, you wouldn't leave a tub of ice cream out on the kitchen counter. With my emotional state right now, no, I would not. No, you'd fucking eat that shit. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna let you're not gonna let it go to waste. So why let talent, skills, dreams, passions, all those things go to waste? When all you got to do because you can't back yourself is back yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know. I I think I'm see, probably done on this right now because I'm just gonna get so angry and start repeating myself. No, see, you spoke. We spoke to Chelsea a couple of episodes ago, and she kind of. You know, Chelsea and I are kind of universe people. <clears throat> um, <laughs> so I'm a universe people, but I'm a literal thinker as yeah, well. well Chelsea, I need literal thinking to back my universe. It's fair. But Chelsea went on this rant about how the universe will just continuously give you signs yep. until you take the hint, right? And when you said before, you're like, it shouldn't take brain cancer for you to actually like step your game up. And it's not that it's, it's the most dramatic sign. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like I ignored so many signs for so long and it was because I was comfortable and because I was in a position that gave me enough money and I was comfortable and I was studying at the time and I felt like I, I was making increment little steps towards my future. Yeah. And I was taking for granted that every second that I've been alive since 2012 is borrowed time. Yeah, for sure. Because I should have died because the brain hemorrhage – initially back then the first time that this happened should have killed me and it's like I was then taking this extra time and this borrowed time that the universe had given me for granted that it's it's not that it took this happening again for me to kick my ass into gear but it took it happening again for me to go realize that yeah to go I shouldn't even be here and what am I doing with this but it's not even that I think like again it shouldn't take brain cancer I think we should all take every every second that we're alive as borrowed time you know there's thousands of millions of spermies but that's it what is it you've got one in four trillion yeah so every second of every day is borrowed time and if you don't put that all of that borrowed time to use then what's the point like what is the point and if you let those limiting beliefs stop you from doing all those things, you get to 80, 90 years old and you're going to be like, what the fuck did I do for the last 80 years? Well, that's it. You never Absolutely re- nothing. Never regret the things you did. You never regret the things that you did put – well, like you'll regret some things you did, like if cheating. You only ever things. regret the things you didn't do. Yeah, there you go. That's the, that's the better way to put it. You yeah. only ever regret the things you didn't do. So if you – Check off all those boxes now. You're pretty much covered, you know. Like if you do all the things now, you're future-proofing yourself. You won't get to 80 and hate yourself. You know, You if you set yourself up now, if you ex- exercise and you work out and you eat well and you look after your skin and you build good relationships and you um, put the effort and the time into the right career, the career that you want, you won't be one of those miserable old people that nobody wants to be around. You know what made me bounce back after my neck surgery? So speaking other of... Other than the drugs? Other than the drugs. Um, no, so after I had my neck cut open and everything taken out. So when I... I've, I know I've said this on the podcast before. 
But when I woke up from my neck surgery in the hospital bed, and you're like in recovery and your, your mum's not there or anything and the nurses are there like kind of helping you wake back up. Mm. And I remember being drugged out of my mind and crying and just thinking that I couldn't do this again. Yeah. Because I was just at the point where it was all real and it was all at the point of I've just had a surgery, this is big, this is happening, like I can't pretend that this isn't a thing anymore, this is this is happening right now. Yeah. And And I remember staring at the ceiling crying drugged out of my mind coming out of surgery just as I said going I can't do this anymore I can't do this again and for the next two weeks I ended up completely bedridden with my head looking like a thumb it was so horrible the swelling was so bad like my chin met my neck like my collarbone on, on both sides and I remember the swelling being all the way up my head and I could feel it at my scar from the first fucking surgery and not being able to get out of bed, I'd get out of bed to go to the kitchen to get a glass of water or to pee and I'd have to like squat on the floor in the kitchen to take a second yeah. because I had no energy and my body was just so done. And after being forced to be in bed for two weeks and when I'd finally healed and I'd kind of done the whole I definitely can't do this again mm. kind of thing, I went like not that I not that I could but when I could – and when, when I was able-bodied and when I'd healed again, what always brings me back is remembering what it was like to be stuck in that bed for two weeks yeah. and going at any moment that could be my reality again or at any moment that could be my future or you fast forward 80 years to being completely bedridden yeah. or you break a hip and you don't get to leave bed for 18 months. Mm. So why am I sleeping in? Why am I not doing the things yeah. I need to do? Why am I not going on that run? Why am I not eating healthy? Why am I not doing the best things for my body? As you said, when you have been given this incredible machine that can do all of these things and there are so many people out there that don't get the chance anymore. Yeah, exactly. And it's well, and even on a simple a simple thing that everyone can probably relate to is you know, we don't have kids mm. right now. So why and this is where kind of like putting time into letting yourself do fun things as well comes in because it's like we don't have kids right now. We don't have that responsibility. Once Be selfish. Have, once we have those kids, we have to mm-hmm. put someone ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you've got an able body, an able mind. Obviously different people have different degrees of that sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, you've got things that you can do. You don't have the restrictions and the responsibilities of having children You've either yes or no got pets, you know, that kind of stuff. So you've got different levels of responsibility, but you will always, there's always a potential that you will be in a worse situation. So the situation you're in right now, take it and run with it. Not not that having kids is a worse situation. I just like to put that out there. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) I mean like in terms of your freedom to be able to do things. Your freedom to be able to do things with kids, like and having to put someone else or someone else's needs ahead of yours. Yeah. Like at the moment, no kids means that, uh, yes, I've got Theo. I have to think about a dog. But no kids means that I can put my needs ahead. So if I need to work all day, I can do that. If I need to, um, you know, make myself disgustingly exhausted by pushing myself to the absolute limit, I can do that. I don't have to negotiate kids' schedules, kids' sports, all that kind of stuff. Financially, I don't have to say no to anyone. It's just me. I say no to me. Mm -hmm. Like I can put myself at at the bare bottom of the financial totem pole to allow myself the time and the energy and the effort and all that kind of stuff 
Whereas once you have a family and that and you have to start thinking about them, you can't make quite so many sacrifices Yeah, because you're not just thinking about yourself. I'm okay to eat two-minute noodles for argument's sake because I can't and I don't, but I'm okay to put myself in that situation. But I can't be okay with putting myself, my children, my partner, like my partner right now is putting himself in that situation too. But if we were to have kids in our situation right now, there's no way we could do what we're doing. Yeah. Because you can't make as many sacrifices like on their behalf. Like you can make sacrifices for yourself, but you can't make sacrifices on their behalf because it's just not fair. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you we talk about, you know, illnesses and brain cancer and all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't have to be so dramatic. It's just something as simple as you want to have a family eventually. There's going to you're going to get to a point where you need to not you know work so hard or whatever to be able to to look after that family Mm -hmm. so take the time now put in the reps now put in the work now back yourself so when you do decide in five ten never years that (laughs) thank you yeah i just thought i'd include you in that snow um that you do want to have a family you've at least done everything you can in your power to put you and them in the best possible situation to live the happiest life Mm. Because you're going to be happier if you're doing the things you want. You're going to have succeeded. So you're going to be working less and earning more. Financial freedom is going to be there. Yep. You're going to be happy because you're going to be doing something that you want to do. Your partner is going to like you. Your relationships are going to be a thousand times better because you're not going to be this miserable prick that's stuck in hospitality. And that's on that. I think we're going to end it on that rant there, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That was um that was a mic drop moment. Mic drop moment. Literally. Why are you still holding it? Because I don't want to break it because it's expensive and we don't have any money right now. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. I am as rich as my mind is. <laughs> like <laughs> for the next two hours. <laughs> nah, payday's Tuesday, bro. <laughs> and then after that, she's broke. Yeah, don't remind me. I've got two and a half months to get my shit together. Before and you I'm will because you don't have a choice and you're going to back yourself because mm-hmm. I'm going to yell at you if you don't. Well, if I don't, then you're going to have to put up with me. How's that spare room looking? Can I interview for the position? You're no. going to charge me rent? No, we do that and yes. <laughs> um, and also it's quite expensive rent because remember I put myself in that shitty financial situation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So at this point you're going to be – Harry Potter covered down under the Wonderful. Stairs. I mean, yeah. like, no, you need to take these options away from me because I would. I am that low. No. I've backpacked around Europe like I would. No. I'd sleep you, on anything. Not anyone. I was going to say. Anything. So on anything because I think you meant to say with anything. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay, miss my whole face was 12 episodes ago. My whole face was 12 <laughs> episodes ago. So people from work, if you are here... Thank you for coming full circle. I am now the person that you know and love. Aww. <laughs> Again, Mike Drop Moment, we are going to leave that there. We will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Emily's very good little explanation on everything that's been ticking on in her mind for the last yeah. little while. And I'm hoping that that episode was a little bit more um, productive than previous weeks have been. <laughs> And we actually gave some sort of advice. And, yeah, very sorry we had to cut it and start again because the demon dog goes home tomorrow. The demon dog goes home tomorrow. He's not that bad. He's not I'm, – I'm, He is. He's actually pretty shit. No, and I've been here for, like, an hour. No, but he's just he's excited. Good. He's just got chihuahua in him. We can't blame him. Again, 
he's not able-bodied. He's like got a kid two with hours. ADD. Yeah, exactly. Mm. He's disadvantaged. It's fine. We just have to make sure we're doing everything we can do. So that thing doesn't have to – I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Um, we love you. We love you all. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us always. Um, remember to follow us on the socials and stuff and send us messages and I'll pretend I go on there sometimes. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. My hoe face was just cuddles. Yeah. I cuddled a lot of men at one time. But it's a mentality. Like, I was a fuckboy and I'm willing to admit it. Have you fucked your whole past <laughs> is the question she's trying to ask. Where do men draw the line? Like, what the breakfast is 12 or 11, there's no... Because sometimes I put, like, an emoji next to it to 